when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there if he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Soto Mojo Podcast. This is site uh, co-expert Colby Patnode and I am joined as always by site uh, co-expert Ty Gonzalez. Ty, how are you doing today? Doing really well. Spring training is almost here, man. I'm so stoked. How about you? Uh, I'm doing okay. You know, like you said, spring training six days away. Um, but as I look out my window right now, we have about uh, eight or nine inches of new snow in the last two days. So that's <laughs> that was shoveling. about a week ago here in uh, here in Toronto. So yeah, it's just uh, <clears throat> it's been crazy, man. I've been shoveling for I don't know most of the last two days, just trying to keep everything nice and clear. But uh, yeah, you know, like it's it's. it's I do it with a smile on my face because spring training is really close, and uh, man, do we need it after that uh, disaster of a Super Bowl that uh, I'm sure you watched as as uh, closely as I did. Yeah, I um, <laughs> I uh, if if by watching you mean like kind of you know looking over every now and then, then yeah, uh, that 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 game really could not hold my attention for too long. That that was pretty rough. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was bad. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. really no two ways around it. Um, you know, Trey Wingo can get as mad as he wants, but uh, bottom line is, is that was not a fun game to watch. Um, yeah. But uh, anyways, yeah, we're not here to talk about the Super Bowl. And even if we were, that would probably be about all I could say about it. So um, <laughs> yeah. we're here to talk. We're here to talk some Mariners uh, baseball and, um, you know, Things are really quiet right now. There's really no murmurs that the Mariners are doing anything. Um, the 40-man roster is pretty much set. I, I mean, there's still a possibility of a few little things happening. Um, I think the time may have passed for big things. Um, but you never know. It's Jerry DePoto. We don't know for sure. But because spring training is so close, we figure now is a good time to start kind of our position previews kind of talk about what's happening around the diamond for the Mariners and today we thought we would go ahead and we would tackle the infield so Ty you ready to go yeah let's do it all right so I guess we'll just start um let's let's not uh we're not pitchers aren't infielders but uh so let's start with number two on the uh on the old scorecard there let's talk about uh the catcher position so uh Omar Narvaez seems to be the guy um but what do the Mariners have in Narvaez and what do they have behind him? Uh, not a whole lot behind him, at least uh, immediately. There's only two catchers on the 40-man roster, um, including Narvaez and the other being David Freitas. Um, I've said for a while now that I would like for them to go out and get a veteran uh, catcher that's more defensively inclined. I was thinking maybe an A.J. Ellis. Uh, but, you know, I, I also look out at the free agent market and see that, you know, Martin Maldonado is still out there. Devin Mezzarocco is still out there. There's, there's plenty of options uh, for them to go uh, with. Um, but, yeah, I would like for them to do that. But right now as is there's not a whole lot to go off of um as for Nervais, I, I wrote an article uh, a few days ago about why i believe he might be the most underrated acquisition the mariners have made this offseason and the reason why i say that is you know he's a really he's one of the best offensive catchers in baseball right now and you pair that with you know, his defense, which has been mediocre at best. And that's why, you know, uh, a lot of fans have all, you know, have overlooked him. And well, and also a part of that was that he was traded the same day as Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz. But, uh, right. <laughs> you know, that, that'll have something to do with it. But, you know, Narvaez, 
hasn't really been exposed to a lot of the advanced uh uh catching mechanics in 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 baseball and and you know in modern day baseball being with the White Sox organization after just hearing some testimonials from former catchers including Mark Mike Marjama and uh you know Scott Service has said that uh they've introduced him to some new things and um you know that that should help him uh become a uh, a better defensive catcher hopefully and if it does you know because he has the tools he has a really strong arm he 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 did pretty well holding uh the run game uh last year in his 90 appearances and um yeah, if he can improve defensively, that's a considering what he does at the plate, that's a really good that's a really 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 good player. Yeah, um you know, like it's not because the Mariners aren't competing this year, they can really give Narvaez um as big of a load as he can handle and just let him either succeed or fail. Um he's only what 26 years old. Yeah. Um and, you know, players do get better at the big league level. I know we tend to think of big league players as finished products, but they're not. Um, and when you talk about a guy, the guy has probably the rarest skill you can have as a catcher, which is he gets on base. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think last year only Buster Posey and Yasmani Grandal, I think, were the only two guys with a higher on base percentage. Uh, than than uh, Narvaez. So uh, if he can become even a uh, average defensive catcher, then you have a guy with four years of club control who is a uh, borderline all star, really, um, yeah. considering how down the catching position is. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see him either sink or swim with the job. Uh, but like you said, I would like to see them add uh, a veteran because. I mean, David Freitas is okay. I think Freitas is the perfect guy to have as your third catcher, kind of that mm-hmm. minor league depth. He's, he can come up. He can play in some spurts. He's not going to kill you. I mean, if he's the backup catcher on opening day, it's I mean, it's fine, I guess. But when you start looking at like how many good catchers are out there, like you mentioned, and there's uh, – and there's uh, you know, we're at the point now where free, like noticeable names are signing minor league deals – we just saw Francisco Liriano sign a minor league deal. Uh, Curtis Granderson signed a minor league deal. I mean, I don't know. Can you get Mezzarocco or Maldonado or AJ Ellis or somebody, uh, Nick Hunley, on a minor league deal and have them come in and compete with David Freitas? Um, maybe. I'm sure those conversations are being uh, being had, at least inside the Mariners organization. But, mm-hmm. yeah, for right now, there's really not much to this position. It's Narvaez's job. And then – Freitas will have to fend off. I'm assuming at least one more veteran um, that will be brought in at some point, and then the uh, the other group of uh, non roster invitees like uh, Austin Nola and uh, Joe DiCarlo and guys like that. So, so just to uh, just to go off topic real quick, I'm looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well. Uh, I'm going to have to try and clip that and put that in the opening. Um, So, uh, you know, it's always (laughs) exciting here on the Soto Mojo podcast. (laughs) That's right. Sometimes what happens outside the window is even more exciting than what we're talking about. (laughs) Uh, and that definitely qualifies. I mean, well, I got anyway. (laughs) Wow. So, uh, there's that. (laughs) So that, that seems like a natural segue, you know, um, so let's let's move off the catcher position, um, and Ty can keep us updated on the truck driver or the driver's condition there. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's let's move down the let's move down the first baseline and let's head to a position that actually has some competition in it. Let's talk about first base. So mm-hmm. I, I guess Ty, go ahead and start by identifying the players at the position who are battling for this job, and then let's just talk a little bit about each of them and uh, kind of go from there. So. Who is actually in this first base competition? Well, uh, at the core of it is uh, Edwin Encarnacion, who 
will certainly be on the roster, of course, as long as he doesn't get traded, which is still, uh, you know, a, you know, great possibility that that happens. Uh, Jay Bruce also uh, will play some first space at um, some point during the season. You know, just they'll sprinkle him in there maybe once or twice a week. Um you know, to give him a break out of the outfield and also get, you know, Domingo Santana some more playing time out there. Um, but really what it comes down to is Ryan Healy and Daniel Vogelbach. Now, Daniel Vogelbach has, uh, does not have a minor league option left. He has to make this uh, roster or else he will be uh, DFA'd or... Um, well, DFA'd and uh, perhaps traded. Um, Ryan Healy, on the other hand, does have minor league options. Um, so we'll see. You know, that That's probably the, uh, the most likely option, especially if Encarnacion is still with the team um, by the time that they head to Japan. Uh, and then there's, you know, there's a couple other names on the, on the roster that can play first base, um, who, you know, you may see at some point this year, uh, and definitely will see compete quite a bit, uh, in spring training, especially when the Mariners head off to Japan and that's Joey Carletta and, uh, Dylan Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there there there's a lot of a lot of options here, a lot of possibilities, and a lot of guys that can play first base, which it doesn't bode well for the chances of guys like Vogelback and Healy, though I do believe one of those two will make it. Um so yeah, I, I it's really hard to see how this shakes out. It's 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 hard to to uh envision how they're going to um, piece the the roster together as a whole and what uh, kind of ideas they have um, for uh, Jay Bruce and Edwin Encarnacion moving forward. Um, So Colby, what, you know, looking at Vogelbach and and Healy and even throw in someone like Joey Carletta into the, into the mix, you know, what are your thoughts on on how they can shake this out for you know without sacrificing a player for nothing? Which I'm talking about Vogelbach, right? Uh, you know, it's really a uh, it's tough. I, I think part of the solution here is probably going to be. Um, I just, I don't see how sticking with Ryan Healy makes more sense than giving Dan Vogelbach a shot. Um, mainly for a couple reasons. The biggest one being is, is that we know who Ryan Healy is. I mean, mm-hmm. he's gotten two and a half full years in the big leagues, uh, or two and a half, two years full. And then like a half a season also, and he's going to be 26, 27, I feel like we know who he is and that's a guy who's got good right-handed power, not elite, but good right-handed power. He'll hit for a decent enough average. He'll hit 240, 250, but he's not going to walk and he's not going to give you any he's going to give you at best mediocre defense. Yeah. I mean, there's a very real chance and I would say a very good probability that Daniel Vogelbach can give you all of that right now. Uh, with the upside to do more. We don't know what Daniel Vogelbach is. We don't. Um, you know, I know a lot, a lot of people like to, well, look at, he's got, I don't know what, 140 at-bats or whatever. And they say, oh, yeah, he hasn't done anything. And it's like, well, if you're only getting, you know, three at-bats a week, it's really hard to draw, to have any kind of a, uh, get any kind of a groove or a, a rhythm going. And, even in the times that we have seen him in brief glimpses, the power is there. We saw him hit the ball over the hit it here cafe. Um, we saw the grand slam against the, uh, the Houston Astros. This guy's got serious power. He takes walks. Um, I, yeah. Is he a worse defender than Ryan Healy? Probably, but it's not like you're going from a gold glover to a, 
well, Daniel Vogelbach. I mean, you're you're going from bad to a little bit worse, and the offensive upside might be significant. Um, so there's no reason to not give Daniel Vogelbach a shot here. Like you mentioned, Ryan Healy has three options. Uh, for me, if you can't trade Ryan Healy, uh, and we have heard that they have shopped him around, um, if you can't trade him, then you send him down to AAA, um, and you wait for an injury or something like that, and you just – you sit him down because you know what you have in Ryan Healy. There's no, unless he comes into spring training and just shows an ability to take a walk like he never has. Um, there's no reason to give Healy the job over Vogelbach. Um, and like you mentioned, they also have a uh, Dylan Moore who is a career minor leaguer who they gave a major league deal to. So, uh, you know, anytime that happens, that's something that really, you know, you have to watch and you have to keep your eye on. And I do wonder, part of me is, if let's like hypothetically Dylan Moore, he's played second, he's played some third, he's played a little bit in the outfield, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's got some versatility. He also crushes left-handed pitching um, in the minor leagues. So I'm wondering if the idea here isn't to have Daniel Vogelbach be the primary first baseman and have Dylan Moore platoon with him. Um, And maybe not a straight-handedness platoon, just kind of a matchups type of thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you sprinkle in Encarnacion and Jay Bruce and all that stuff, and you send Healy to the minors. To me, if the Mariners are going to sacrifice any player this year, just DFA them. It should be Ryan Healy. Um, you just you know who that guy is, and it's not any great shakes. He's just he's just a guy, and I really like Ryan Healy. He seems like an awesome dude, but at the end of the day, he is he is just a guy. So yeah, yeah and that's <clears throat> I. Yeah, really the you know the problem lies in in how how much time is Jay Bruce going to get at first base mm-hmm. and what necessarily is their plan with designated hitter yeah because I can't imagine them keeping four first base types on on the roster right um I just and and that is including Healy. So, you know, one of Vogelback and Healy has to go, as you said, because Healy has the option and probably isn't going to um, show any signs of progression. You know, probably you know maybe maybe he's worked on some things, but you know, plate discipline has been a problem for him. And if he doesn't show any signs of progression with that, then it's there. There's no point in, in choosing Ryan Healy over Daniel Vogelbach. I think with Vogelbach, um, you give him some time to, to work things out and finally create a consistent platform for him to play. But the problem with that is, is Jay Bruce going to take away from his playing time at first? Is Edwin Encarnacion going to take away from his playing time? That, you know, that's the one thing that I worry about is that Vogelback will make the team, but he'll still only get six of bats a week. A week. Right. I mean, it just that does no good to Daniel Vogelbach. You just can't. We've seen that before, where he comes up for like two weeks and then he plays in three games. You know, and you're and you're just like, oh well, he failed, send him down. You, yeah. That's not fair to a young player. Um, so yeah, I just I don't know. And also, just from a pure roster construction standpoint, keeping Daniel Vogelbach around just so you don't lose him, what does he give you? I mean, left-handed power, I guess, off the bench, but he's not a defensive guy in replacement. He's not a pinch runner. I I just I don't know, man. To me, he needs to be on this roster. Um, or he needs to be traded uh, to a team that can give him a shot. You know, we talked this offseason about Detroit. We've talked about Kansas City. Um, these are teams that make sense for Vogelbach. They can DH him. They don't need him to produce right away. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I, I think you need him to be your primary first baseman. Uh, you need to play Jay Bruce enough there that he can get his at-bats to rebuild trade value. Um, and, you know, it, it it's funny because as long as Edwin Encarnacion is on the roster, it really jams this up because I mean you're not going to bench Edwin Encarnacion. He's going to be your DH or your first baseman, probably your DH. Uh-huh. 
So somebody's got to go. And for me, if I have any choice in the matter, it's Ryan Healy. Um, but I, I don't know, man. We'll see how it plays out. I, I, I don't know. It's just Healy and Vogelbach are not, uh, they're not uh, versatile enough to keep on your bench. They either need to be starting or they need to be gone. And right. the easiest way to achieve that is to just send Healy down to AAA where he can play every day. Yeah. And you know the the twenty eight man roster that they'll they'll uh, they'll have uh, going to Japan will help them prolong this decision a little bit. I, I sure. think it's pretty much safe to say that Vogelback will for sure be on that roster and possibly even Healy. Um, though I'm sure that they'll use some of the extra space. Of course, they're going to use uh, one of the spots for each row, but. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll want to carry another reliever or something as right. well. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, also talking about the 28 man roster real quick, you know, they're only going to need two starting pitchers. Um, yep. So who? Uh, I, I, I you know I'm not extremely sure about what the uh, what the rules are for for that um are they able to leave someone like mike leak behind or do they have to carry him on the 25 man roster or the 28 man roster i'm assuming because he's on the 25 man roster and he's doesn't have any options or anything like that he has to be on your 28 man roster um but i don't know for sure it seems like honestly if major league baseball wanted to be very as a uh they wanted to be as accommodating as they could to both of these teams there should be some kind of exemption where, you know, you get to leave three players on your 25-man roster home. or they, they just don't suit up for this game. They can still come. They can still experience. They still get paid, but they aren't going to be used in these games, so you can just, you know, deactivate them for these two games. I yeah. don't think that's. I don't think that would be like extreme or set a bad precedent or anything like that. Uh, but as far as I know, Major League Baseball has not made that a thing. So I think unfortunately you have to carry anybody that you want to carry on your 25 man is going to have to be on the 28 man. So uh, see, we'll because see. the way that I look at it is um, they, you know, they're going to be gone for a week. I believe yep. they do play two exhibition games with uh, the MPB all-stars, I believe, or something or some sort yeah. of team uh, th- like that. And uh you know, don't you want to get innings for guys like Wade LeBlanc, and Felix, yeah. et cetera? Right. Well, I mean, I think you're probably assuming that Felix is going to be one of the starters. Um, and at least for me, I think Felix starts one game and Kikuchi starts the other. Um, so I think, like, if you're a guy like Marco, a young guy um, who's still kind of building up, you know, his endurance and all that stuff, I think it would make a lot of sense for the Mariners, if they could to say, Marco, you stay here, build up your innings, you know, keep on your normal schedule and you'll meet up with the team when we get back to Seattle, which I I think they go straight from Japan to Seattle. I think, I don't think they go back to Peoria. Yeah. um, Just the way the schedule works out, but I I don't know. Because they do, they, they play the, because they have fan fest right after. Right. They play the two exhibition games against the Padres, I think. Yeah, they're both against the Padres at uh, T-Mobile. So, by the way, those tickets are only ten dollars, and uh, you know, <laughs> they. Uh, I don't. I don't know how many of those guys will actually play, but it might be a chance for you to see like uh, Kyle Lewis. You know. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I I don't know how it works, man. I I really don't. This I don't like. I like what Major League Baseball is trying to do. I would just prefer that they do um, this in like Puerto Rico, like they did last year. Um, or, you know, go down to go play these games in Montreal. You know what I mean? Like, I, I I don't know, man, go give whatever, but we'll see what happens. But, uh, I don't know how much the 28 man roster thing actually affects the first base battle. Just, I, I I don't know. I don't know enough about the, the way that they get to use the roster spots for the Japan series. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, pretty much wraps up first base. I think you and I are in agreement that it's probably the 
best thing they could do without trading somebody is yeah. Healy to triple A, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much their only course of action. Um, so let's move on to uh, to second base. Um, not nearly as much to talk about here. So uh, Ty, who's the second baseman? Well, clearly it's D Gordon. Um, right. You know, I think we should probably just group second, short, and third together because there's only a handful of players really there. Um, or at least second and third because D Gordon and Kyle Seeger are the starters there. Uh, yeah. That's not going to change. There's no sense of competition there. Both players will not be traded, um, at least for now. Uh, and uh, and it's fine because both players are kind of in the same boat. Both players are coming off of historically bad years for for their careers, and you know, other in an otherwise you know pre- pretty solid careers for both of them. And um, you know, they they have to they have to build their value back up. Uh, both of them, uh, D. Uh, of course, last year they did the whole center field experiment with him. Didn't work. Uh, then, he, you know, he dealt with injuries. And, you know, he got off to a hot start uh, at the plate. Uh, was hitting very well. Um, still wasn't walking, but was making solid contact and, and getting on base that way. And, uh, but, the you know, the injury happened and, and uh, he just never was the same. So I, I do expect that, that D is at least slightly better this year than he was last year. I also uh, think that Kyle Seager, really there's only one way to go, uh, and that's up uh, for Kyle Seager. Uh, It was pretty abysmal all year at the plate. Um, I think, you know, I I mean, he, you know, he asked it. He asked, he has to get back on the horse and, and, and at least, um, try to to get on base more and and uh yeah and work on some things at the plate you know defensively Kyle Seager's always going to be that guy he's he's always going to be a, a really uh good defender but um at the plate he, yeah there's there's things that he needs to work on so you know both players that um you know they 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 are uh, etched in uh, to be uh, the starters at their at their respective positions, but they also you know both have to work on some things. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, you know, as for you know who else can play those positions, you know, you you we talked about Dylan Moore a little bit. Um, a guy that we haven't talked about is uh, Chris Negron, mm-hmm. um, who the Mariners got at the waiver deadline last year. Um, it's possible that he could be the utility man uh, for the uh, for the Mariners this year instead of Moore. So there's a little bit of competition between those two. Um, and uh, yeah, and you know uh, we'll also see uh, Shed Long, who's also on the uh, mm-hmm. 40-man roster. He'll be at spring training. He won't make the t- uh, the roster right out of the gate, um, but you could see Shed Long uh, up. Uh, sooner rather than later, playing uh, third base, second base, uh, somewhere in there. Um, so that's pretty exciting to have at least one young guy that can fill in at uh, one of those positions, uh, which the Mariners haven't had for a while. You know, uh, when they had, when they were, you know, trying to compete, there wasn't a whole lot of worry about who was behind. Robinson Cano and D Gordon, et cetera. Um, but now that they've kind of gone into this, into this rebuild, there was a bit of concern about, about what were they going to do with the infield for the future? And, um, shed long kind of helps that. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, any, any thoughts really on, on, uh, well, and, you know, and we'll talk about Tim Beckham here, and he can also play some third base and uh, some second as well. But um, you know, I think this speaks to to the versatility that this team has, don't, don't you think? Like they they have uh, quite a bit more versatility than they've had in, in years past, right? Sure, uh, I think you know you start talking about worst case scenarios for the Mariners, they are a little bit better prepared to handle that this year than 
uh, maybe in the past. I think, you know, for example, if if D Gordon were to go down um, in spring training, I think kind of the logical step would be uh, uh, would probably be Dylan Moore, honestly, um, at least for a little while until D's healthy. If uh, Seager goes down, I think you could see something where, depending on how good Moore is defensively, we don't really know. Um, you could see D slide to shortstop, Beckham slide to third, and have Moore at second, or you could put Moore at third if Seager goes down, or uh, Ryan Healy, I guess, in the short term, since you don't really care about his terrible defense. Um, not this year, anyways. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think there's some options there. I, but like you said, the I still think the Mariners need to bring in another veteran um, infielder, preferably one on a minor league deal. Um, there's a few Josh guys Harrison. out there. I mean, <laughs> that would make Jeff happy. Uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that's fine. Like, I, I don't know if he'll sign a minor league deal, but if he will, sure, uh, that'd be fine. But I, I just think they need a guy like that uh, just in case um, something goes down. I, I just I don't I think those two guys, like you said, they're the guys. Those are their spots and they have some work to do to regain some value um, either with the Mariners or on the trade market. So uh, I think those two guys, their jobs are about as safe as anybody on this team. Um certainly position player wise with the exception of maybe Mitch Haniger um, for very different reasons. <laughs> so uh, yeah, there, there's not a ton back there, uh, but it's still, we're still not in spring training yet. A lot can happen. They can acquire guys. Uh, but yeah, I think they like uh, Negron. I, I think they, I mean, obviously they do. They acquire, they traded for him. Um, so Negron is a guy, uh, Dylan Moore is the guy to watch. Those are kind of the, the emergencies of the one of the other two guys get hurt. But short of that, those two guys are the starters at uh, second and third base. There's just no question about it. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and let's talk shortstop. Uh, this one, eh, it seems pretty cut and dry, but it does lead nicely into a question that we got while recording. Um, uh, Jordan, uh, he's, he, uh, he sends us quite a few questions and I appreciate that, Jordan. I should really learn how to say your last name. I'm just going to go with Levitt again. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, he wants to know, um, he said, you know, DePoto said that, uh, JP Crawford has a shot to break camp with the big league team. He wants to know what his spring would have to look like in order for him to do that. Um, which morphs nicely into this question because the shortstop, it's really, it's Tim Beckham or it's J.P. Crawford, and I think it's like 98% chance that it's Tim Beckham, right? Yeah. Um, to answer the question, really, I don't think there's anything J.P. Crawford can do to break camp with the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jerry DePoto has to say that, but what, what the Mariners are doing is, you know, is a little bit frowned upon. And in, uh, in the you know in the baseball community and just the, in terms of just general uh, human decency, honestly, <laughs> that they're going to they're they're going to mess with his service time. Yeah, and uh, they have to keep him in the minor leagues for I believe it's five weeks, and basically they win themselves another year of JP Crawford. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, right. Yeah, there is. I, I just I can't imagine any scenario where JP Crawford is is on this team uh, in Japan. Right. It it's just I mean, said if Tim Beckham gets hurt, I I think honestly the backup shortstop would be D Gordon. I am, you know, it's. I mean, it could be Negron, I guess, but uh, I think it they would probably just slide. D Gordon is shortstop. And then the second baseman would be a, a competition between Dylan Moore and uh, maybe somebody they bring in or, you know, honestly, you know, and this is going to make a lot of fans cringe. Dustin Ackley. <laughs> I mean, they've said that he's going to play a little second and a little bit in the outfield. Um, so, yeah, I just think it'd be between the Grand Moore and it was probably one of those two. Uh, so I just short of JP Crawford looking like, Carlos Correa. Um, I just, and even then I, I just, I don't see much of a shot. Um, Beckham gets hurt. They'll, they'll still figure out a way to keep Crawford down. 
And it, it is a little bit unfair to do, but let's not also pretend like J.P. Crawford is, you know, 100% ready for the big leagues right now. Um, yeah. He had a really rough season last year at the plate. Um, granted, that was a slow start, and then he broke his wrist. But once he got healthy, he was really good at the plate. Uh, but he also struggled defensively. He had something like eight airs last year in a very short time. I mean, that's he had significant. 15 in AAA, I believe. Yeah, so there's still a lot of work to do um, with the glove. Like a lot of the times when you hear a team say, "Oh, we're sending him down to work on defense," that's code for we're not gonna we're not gonna risk the service clock. Uh, you, you'll hear the Blue Jays say that about Vlad uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Oh, we got to work on his defense. Yeah, okay, uh, sure. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, in J.P. Crawford's case, it's 100% true because if he is your shortstop you need that guy to be a good defender. Um, and in the, and on the plus side, he gets to, uh, you know, he gets basically no pressure to develop in AAA. And he won't be up, and he knows he's not going to be up anytime soon. So he can just kind of, he can, he can struggle at AAA and figure things out uh, without fear of, you know, losing his job or being traded again. So uh, I, I think, you know, Mariners fans are, they really want to see J.P. Crawford. Um, but I, I think you're going to see him a lot in spring training. Uh, I wouldn't worry too much about. I'm sure uh, Beckham will will move around the infield a little bit to make sure Crawford gets significant playing time. Uh, you know, in May, this becomes a real conversation. But for now, it, it's Beckham's job, um, and I'm I'm not sure that JP Crawford is even, you know, in the Mariners' meeting rooms. He's not even the backup shortstop right now. Uh, they'll they'll say he is, and we'll assume he is. But I, in all honesty, I think on like their little magnet board, Beckham's number one, and then D Gordon is number two uh, until what uh, the middle of May or June. Yeah. Then then J P Crawford will all of a sudden become the backup. So I, I think that's the uh, I think that's the plan, and I think they'll stick to it. So yeah. I just I I don't see any way Crawford breaks camp with the team. Yeah. All right, so that's pretty much uh, that's a quick run around the infield. We did get some uh, questions, so let's go ahead and let's answer a couple of the ones that we did get. Um, at KitKat nine nine two zero eight, awesome. He's he's uh, he wants to know how much mo- international bonus money the Mariners have, and is there a chance they can make a run at Yolbert Sanchez? Uh, first of all, if you guys don't know, Yolbert Sanchez is a cube is a Cuban born player, uh, played in the Cuban professional league for a while. He's like 21 or 22 shortstop. He's kind of the big guy. He's eligible to sign as of today. He's kind of the late season player, um, that kind of popped up like, uh, last year was like Kevin, Maitan or whatever. Uh-huh. He's a late season guy. He got posted late or he, he's eligible late. So he is available to sign. Um, and to answer the question, maybe you know, but I I don't know how much money the Mariners have left. Um, I'm you know, pretty I, sure they traded most of it when they got Adam Warren. Yeah, they traded they traded some. They spent, uh, if I remember, there's two significant signings that they've added uh, in the current bonus pool. I think Noel V. Marte, and then there was a there was another shortstop who uh, got five hundred thousand or something like that. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think they have a lot, um, but I don't know for sure. I really don't. I, they, they signed a big class, but there wasn't a ton of like names that we would recognize or think would cost a lot of money, but they aren't required to disclose um, any of those signing bonuses to the media. So we don't know. We really don't. Um, I mean, if they had the money, should they pursue that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I don't know they have the money and more importantly, I don't think they do. I, I don't, do you know any more about that Ty? Because I, I honestly do not know for sure. Yeah. I, um, I was trying to look up to see if there's a, if there's an actual like updated list and I can't see anything. So yeah, I, I, I would assume they don't have a lot because I remember they sent, I believe, a million and a half to the Yankees and the Adam Warren deal. And Something then, like um, 
I think they got some back at some point this year in one of the deals. I think they got like 500k back in one of the deals. I don't I don't know. Um, that's something we'll have to look into. Uh, that's actually a really really good question that we should be uh, on top of. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Um, I, I I don't believe they. Uh, if anything, you know, this this should at least answer the question about Sanchez. Uh, considering that we're fumbling and, and and don't know how much they have, but are pretty sure they don't have a lot. Uh, I don't think there'll be uh, players for for Sanchez. I, just, I, I I can't imagine even if they did add some money this this off season that they uh, are even in the ballpark for that. Right. I just I think I read earlier today that there was a uh, a two million dollar offer on the table. If that's accurate. No, the Mariners definitely don't have that money. Um, and while Sanchez doesn't have to pick the team that offers him the most money, he probably should and he probably will. So I, I think all the uh, indication is is that he's going to go to Baltimore. So Yeah, that's uh, what I've heard too. So. Yeah. So uh, sorry we can't answer your question more definitively, but uh, that's just not something that we had considered until you asked the question. So great question. Uh, terrible answer on our parts, but uh yeah, uh, overall, I don't think they have the money uh, to make it the run at uh, Yolbert Sanchez. All right, so next we have another question from uh, from Jordan, and he wants to know, um, understanding that spring training statistics uh, aren't a great uh, benchmark, uh, what would be a good spring training, basically, for Eric Swanson or Justice Sheffield? Uh Honestly, they'll they'll likely need someone to get hurt. Um, to uh, to 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 break camp with them, but uh, yeah, just to just the general idea of like you know how uh, you know what would give you a, a positive outlook for them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the ability to throw strikes, not fall into deep counts. You know the normal pitcher stuff that you look at with the development of any young pitcher, really. Yeah. Um, how do they work in, in high pressure situations? Uh, what does their command look like? You know, how, how do they bounce back from, um, you know, adversity, et cetera. You know, it's the, it's the typical stuff. Um, so yeah, if, you, you know, if you see some of that, um, great. If not, it's not going to worry me too much. Uh, especially I don't really have any expectations for Eric Swanson. I think I like him more as a, as a bullpen piece. I think he would be a, um, a really, uh, solid setup man or, or even a closer. Um, and then Sheffield, um, I think we kind of already know what to expect with Sheffield and it's just really, um, getting, it's just a matter of getting more time under his belt. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, uh, I don't really know. I, I I don't think there's anything that would make me uh, go like, oh my god, we need this guy on the roster right now. Right. Um, I think it's just the you know typical uh, signs of develop uh, signs of development that you want to see in young pitchers. Right. I I think statistics in spring training are so bad because there's no consistency with who you're facing. I mean, one game you could be facing the, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers full lineup. And then the next day you could be facing the, you know, the Los Angeles angels, double a team. Like there's just no consistency there. Um, in terms of the lineups you're facing, which is why spring training numbers really don't tell you much. Um, in terms of Sheffield and Swanson, so numbers aren't going to be the reason Sheffield or Swanson make the team. Um, I would say Swanson has a better shot, mainly because of the 28-man roster. I think it makes some sense to carry him as a multi-inning reliever um, who still has options left, so you can carry him there and then send him down after. Um, but I, for me, I think what I want to see from Sheffield is I want to see uh, a changeup. Uh, the fastball and the slider I really don't have any doubts about. Uh, I want to see a changeup, and I would like to see a uh, good command um, as you mentioned, and from Swanson, I, I want to see a good secondary pitch. Um, 
because the fastball is probably going to be in the mid nineties. Uh, the question with Swanson really is, does he have that second above average pitch or is he just going to have the fastball with, you know, four with three other like fringe to average type of off speed offerings. Um, which is the reason why a lot of people, yourself included, see Swanson more as a bullpen guy. Um, whereas the Mariners will tell you they see him as like a number four starter. Uh, so to answer your question, in order for both of them, well, one of them to make the rotation, for me, I think an injury or a trade of like Mike Leak is Swanson's only way in. And I just, similar to J.P. Crawford, I just don't see a scenario where Sheffield makes the team um, at a spring training. I think at that stage they would give Swanson the uh, shot to get the the rotation spot. I think they would give Tommy Malone, who they signed to a minor league deal. I think he would get a shot. Um, you know, the way the early season schedule works, sometimes you don't even need a fifth starter for a while. So they may just carry a, an extra bullpen arm. So I, I don't see much of anything that Sheffield can do to make the team. Uh, but if, I, if there is one stat that I would look at uh, for both of them, and again, it's I, I would recommend not looking at any. Just watch them pitch. Uh, but if if I was going to give you one stat, I guess I would look at uh, I would look at base on balls per nine. Uh, don't walk, guys. And for uh, for Swanson, that that wasn't a problem in the minor leagues. Uh, not so much one for uh, not so much one for Sheffield either. But still, you want to see these guys control the strike zone. Um, and honestly, you just want to see a lot of soft contact when you watch them pitch. I think that's the key. Um, but yeah, for Swanson, look for the breaking ball. Uh, for Sheffield, you want to see a little bit better command and you want to see the change up. Um, and if either of those two pieces hit this spring, then that's great because both of these players will be on the Mariners at some point this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't think it's going to happen right out of spring training. Um, yeah, just just watch the pitch. Uh, the TV schedule came out today. There's uh, 14 games on spring training uh, that will be televised on uh, Root Sports. That's not to mention probably another 5 to 10 on MLB Network. So you'll have an opportunity to watch both of these guys pitch. So Yeah, and if just, you have MLB TV as well, you'll right. probably be able to see most games. Right. So just keep an eye on what happens uh, when they throw when they throw the ball. Don't worry about numbers. The numbers won't tell you anything. All right, so let's move on to our final questions from old friend Displaced Fans. Um, he wants to know. Uh, he wants to know if the Mariners are done adding to the pitching staff or could we see another bullpen ad? Uh, real quick, I would say that you'll probably see a bullpen ad um, as well as a starting pitcher ad. So, yeah, I, I don't think they're done at all. Yeah, I think I, they're close I to agree with done. that. Right. I They might be of the minor league uh, variety. Um I think the starting pitcher almost certainly will be of the minor league variety. Uh, but I could see a, a you know, a one-year deal for like Sergio Romo or um, AJ Ramos or somebody like that. I could see something like that on the horizon. Uh, but yeah, I expect them to add a bullpen arm at least. And then I, I do expect them to add a, a starter, maybe not one that you've heard of, maybe like a career minor leaguer or a four a type of guy, but I would expect that they add somebody. Yeah, um, I have a name. Okay. I don't know how you'll feel about this. What about Nate Carnes? <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's whatever. It's a minor league deal, probably. Yeah. So that that would be fine. The question is, does Nate Carnes want to come here? Because, as I recall, he did not leave on the best, uh, on the happiest of circumstances. So. Yeah. I mean, like. When it comes to, and this is my stance on every uh, minor league deal, uh, regardless of the player, there's no such thing as a bad minor league deal, and there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal in general, just because there's so little risk. Um, so I don't think that, uh, yeah, I, I don't care. They could bring back Eric Bedard for all I care, like whatever. Um <laughs> Just sure, whatever, fine, whatever, one-year deal or a minor league, yeah, sure, fine, that's that's fine. But yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I, I think they'll I think they'll add at least two more arms. Um, they might be of the minor league variety, but hey, you know, 
Curtis Granderson just signed a minor league deal, so maybe you can find something like that. Irvin Santana, yeah. that'd be a guy that I would look at. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, relief-wise, I think they will go a uh, major league deal on that. Um, there's still a lot of really good names out there. Yeah. Uh, Tony Sipp is another that I, I think they could add. Plus, I, I would like to see them add another uh, left-handed arm to the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Adam Warren is still out there. Uh, Jake sure. Diekman. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's a ton of names. Uh, Aaron loop is another guy that, that had a really good year for Toronto last year. Um, you know, maybe even, uh, Carter caps. I mentioned Carter caps, uh, in an article, uh, last week. Um, you now perhaps, uh, you give him an opportunity to, you know, on a minor league deal to, to see where he is in his career. Yeah, I, I don't see any problem with that. So I, I think that's, uh, that's all the questions we got. So that'll pretty much wrap up the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Ty, do you have any uh, parting words before we sign off? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, so um, I'm sure you guys have seen the, have seen the tweet. Uh, but if not, uh, if any of you guys play Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, for the Nintendo Switch, uh, please, uh, and, uh, follow me, um, at, uh, Dane Gonzalez, uh, D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. Uh, if you want to play some Smash with, uh, with me and Cable Thanos and, uh, Seahawks right guard DJ Fluker, uh, it's been a pretty fun time. We got about 20 people in there right now. We all play, uh, Fluker is always playing, uh, always asking if, uh, people want to have some matches and stuff. So, uh, it's a fun, chill time. Uh, and yeah, and, uh, we might have some more Seahawks joining us. Uh, you never know. Uh, apparently a lot of the Seahawks players actually play the game. So, uh, yeah, if you're a Seahawks sports fan and interested in playing some smash with, uh, with a Seahawk, then, uh, then let us know. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, make sure you guys reach out to Ty uh, if you're interested in that. I will leave his uh, Twitter handle in the description so you guys can find him pretty easily as well. Um, just one other bit of site news. Uh, our top 30 prospects are going to be coming out soon. Um, Ty and I have a few. I don't, I don't think they're debates. I think they're more of a – I'm not sure what the word is. But we have a few uh, ties based on how we grade it and all that stuff that we need to uh, – figure out since just some finer points that we need to iron out but i'm hoping that we'll have the first portion of that ready for you guys by friday so um be on the lookout for that so uh i think that's gonna wrap it up uh like you said make sure you uh follow ty if you want to play some uh some uh, smash with uh dj fluker and uh cable thanos so that's 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 a good group right there already so uh <laughs> be sure you guys do that so uh from all of us here at SotoMojo.com, uh, good luck, and I will see you guys in another life. Peace. Peace.